Welcome to the Colorful Clipboard, where we discuss the building blocks of making dough in childcare. I'm Kate. And I'm Carrie. Welcome back to Colorful Clipboard. Carrie and I are so glad to have you join us today. We are going to talk about the Tiger Time. Woohoo! Oh, there she <laughs> Tiger is with us. So I'm going to have a really hard time trying to remember to not call him Tigger. Because I'm going to want to go T-I-double-G-double-G-R. All right. Well, if you want to call it Tigger time, I suppose you can. Um, and it's like, it's not an idea we came up with. Um, I heard about it from Amy Porterfield, um, who is, you know, one of my, my mentors who's never met me. Uh, <laughs> that's what I call people who I read their books and I listen to their podcasts. They're my mentors. They just don't know. Uh, and she talked about tiger time and I was trying to, I tried to find a really good definition from her and I couldn't, she just talks about it from time to time. So here's my definition. There needs to be time in every day and in every week where you have time that cannot be interrupted and that people should not interrupt you unless they would interrupt a tiger for the thing that they're trying to get you to do. So if they would ask the tiger, can you please go find me some pink construction paper, then they can interrupt you. If not, <laughs> they don't interrupt. Um, because we need time to just think and we need time to do work that needs mental energy. <laughs> um, but the other thing is I use it also for letting people know to not come in because I'm having a confidential conversation. So those are the different uses for what I have come to call tiger time. I didn't call it tiger time, you know, before Amy Porterfield introduced me to the concept, yeah, but I always so we had used it. to, for years when we were doing time management, we would talk to people about putting their rocks on their day. And in my case, a lot of times that those were the types of things I put as my rocks. Like, you know, I have to have this time to do this. Um, depending on the type of person you are, you may not need um, true tiger time to do accounting. <laughs> you may not need true tiger, tiger time to send emails to parents or things like that. But I did because it was one of those things that me personally, when I found myself um, multitasking those kinds of tasks. Um, and we mess up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say they weren't done with his, um, uh, enough proofing. <laughs> so, well, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, what exactly each person needs to use their uninterrupted time in their day, the blocks in their day that nobody can interrupt, um, is going to vary. Um, so, so, what do you, so real quick, what do you, how much time are we talking? Do you think for an average director, maybe, maybe it's by size of center. If somebody's going to start putting this into their daily schedule, cause maybe they haven't, maybe they've just let the monkeys run wild. How would they start? What might be a great place to start? I would start with 15 minutes. <laughs> I would start with 15 minutes, especially if you have very needy staff who seem to always be buzzing your office to ask for this thing, that thing, you know, can you help me with this, that, or the other? Um, start with 15 minutes, but I would like you to have at least an hour every day eventually. 
So the goal is to have an hour every day and that you may have some blocks that are longer than that once a week or once every two weeks or once a month because you're doing something like um, scheduling when all the kids are moving up from one classroom to another or doing your annual taxes if you're the one who does the taxes or putting together all of the new student packets <laughs> for the kids who are coming in, um, you know, at the beginning of the school year or in January, you know, those two big times that you get a whole bunch of enrollment, you're going to need more than 15 minutes and you're probably going to need more than an hour to put together all the new student packets, right? And theoretically, yes, you could be interrupted to answer questions about how to fill out a form during that, but they also could wait <laughs> an hour and 15 minutes because you're maybe you made it a two hour block and you're 45 minutes in and people are like, but I need to know how to fill out my health insurance form. Not right now you don't. Like very few things are actually necessary for you to be interrupted right now. Okay, so... A starting director might start with 15 minutes and then maybe move into maybe a, a longer time or a couple of times during the day, if I heard you yep. right. Um, so how do, how do they tell people their integrity time? Is this like, do they make an announcement? Do they just lock their door? And then you got the, the toddler banging on the bathroom. Like, how do you communicate this to people? I mean, different way, different people use different things. I made a door hanger. Um, that says tiger time interrupt at your own risk. <laughs> I printed up a couple of extras. So if somebody wants one, let me know. I can stick it in an envelope and ship it to you. But it was basically, you know, modeled on a door hanger for a hotel, a do not disturb kind of a thing. It's got um, white and black lines. So it's very distinctive. Um People can see it from a distance and know, aha, that's what's happening. Um, but before that, I had the, if my, if my door is closed, do not open it ever. Um, and don't, and if you think you need me, knock on the door <laughs> um, if the door is closed, because most of the time I kept the door open. And when I had staff say, well, why can't I just open the door? I said, because I might be changing my clothes. <laughs> I might be talking to someone about a confidential issue or, you know, I might be dealing with payroll and I don't want it, you to see anybody else's payroll information. So that was three different examples. And the first one made people laugh, you know, that I might be changing clothes, but I'm a director and I get spit up on just like anybody else. And if I get spit up on, I have to change my shirt because I have to be able to look like a director, <laughs> even if I've also been subbing in a room where somebody threw up on me. Um, so that's one way is if you have an open door policy, if the door is closed, it's not open treat it like a closed door. Um, some programs, their door is closed all the time, but there's a window into the rest of the center. And so if the blinds are closed <laughs> is a way to communicate. Basically, you need to use nonverbal communication um, 
to let people know this is not a time to be interrupted. But if you haven't done this before, you may have to have some verbal communication with your staff ahead of time and have, you know, like a staff-wide memo that everybody has to sign or have it at a staff meeting. This is what it means when my door is closed. So would that could that be something that people could even add into their employee handbook? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. okay. Or they could just make it an SOP. Yeah, so um, I'm, just, I'm thinking, you know, so like you started today, but then all of a sudden you bring on new staff over the course of the year, instead of having to talk about it at every staff meeting, if you have an assistant director who actually maybe handles your orientation or onboarding of new staff, this way it, it's there. And that could be a, a way to put in a policy if you are a program that has multiple administrators, because perhaps you aren't the only staff person who might need staff time if you have. Yep a bookkeeper, an accountant, you know, their door may be shut most of the time, you know, because they may not want to have people around when they're handling even parent receipts or whatever, however your organization handles money. Yeah. And if you find a tiny tiger, you could um, attach a scrunchie to it and then you can um, attach it to the doorknob. And then when somebody tries to open the door, they see the tiger and it reminds them, oh, this must be tiger time. I should maybe not do that. Um, Is and, what and, you do with that one? Huh? Is that what yes. you do with that one? Yeah, he's got a, we have a lever door, so it doesn't need much of much room. Um, but <laughs> you also need to tell people like how, when can I interrupt you <laughs> if you're in tiger time? Um, and so my general rule is if you've already called 911. <laughs> okay would that be the same thing with a parent or licensing well licensing can always interrupt me and so if they get you know to see me in my underwear because they opened a door when i was changing clothes i just gotta suck that up but um licensing can always interrupt um but parents again they get me at the beginning of the day and the end of the day. <laughs> um, I, I, I presume that most people understand that if a door is closed, you should knock. So I was actually thinking if you were a staff person who called licensing or who called parents. Oh, okay. Yes. I'm sorry. I you were so, yeah. Okay. Different question. Yes. You know, that's kind of what, where your criteria is, is going to vary. But again, if I'm in there for 15 minutes, they can wait 15 minutes to tell me they called a parent to say that a child has a fever. I can wait 15 minutes to get that information. I can wait 15 minutes to be told that we've got an issue where we're going to have to report something to licensing. 15 minutes isn't going to make a difference in that case. I don't think. Um, but I am a big believer in very few things are actually emergencies um, that my staff sometimes think are emergencies. Um, I don't think it's an emergency when you just had, you know, when a child threw up. That's not an emergency to me. That's working with children. <laughs> um, you mean running out of goldfish at snack time is not an emergency? Absolutely not. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, you know, there's lots of things where people feel like they need to tell the person in charge immediately. Um, and so part of what Tiger Time does is helps your staff have more confidence that they can actually handle things. They don't need me to hold their hand through everything. A big part of having time where you're inaccessible is building staff confidence. They can problem solve. If they're out of goldfish at snack time, the director probably does not have boxes of goldfish in the office. So they, you know, the director would have to go talk to whoever is in the kitchen anyway. So wouldn't it be easier to just talk to the person in the kitchen? <laughs> if you don't have a person in the kitchen and you're a center that just does shelf stable snacks and you're at a goldfish, I hate to tell you as, you know, if I'm talking to a teacher and they're like, well, but I'm at a goldfish and the kids want more goldfish, the answer is, well, then I guess you didn't stock your classroom very well. Um, have you asked any of the other teachers if they have goldfish? <laughs> because, and get them into the problem solving mode. Um, when you have staff who are overly dependent on the administrative staff, it's a problem. It's also a problem when you go the other extreme and you have staff who never bring issues to the administration. We want our people to be in the middle, <laughs> right? And if you said you had tiger time for seven out of the eight hours of the day, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> we're talking about one hour a day and it can be in one, one hunk or it could be in two with 30 minutes and 30 minutes or it might even be in four with four 15 minute sections. It's what works for you. If you have a little bit of the ADHD, Maybe those four 15-minute segments is the way that you need to go. Um, or maybe you need to do that to start getting people used to it. Um, so I love your, um, how you share that this is a way to help build your staff confidence. And I think that that is such a key point, especially as a new director, uh, because again, as a new director, there's going to be that whole trying on period between the staff and the director um, in that same sense, when you bring on new staff, especially if they've been in the field before, right, they're trying to figure out their place. And by having an idea of the level of confidence that you want all of your staff to have is a great opportunity for you to start to develop a confidence plan. Uh, we just talked about training plans. We've talked about bringing in outside trainers. You know, a confidence plan could even be the way you look at your training plan, because it's more than training. And here's a perfect example of something else you want your staff to have. And we've got a couple other topics coming up in the next in some future episodes about helping your staff develop confidence and other ways to do that. Uh, if you have taken our director course, you know, we talk a lot about professionalism. And let's be honest, the the ultimate component of professionalism is also confidence. And so we really want all that stuff to go together. When we teach our course, there's a reason why it's taught out of a book as a course instead of, you know, a bunch of 10 minute sections, right? Like there's, I don't know what, 30 chapters in there or something, but they're all little chapters, but they all go together. 
So as a director, you're going to have staff who you need to bring up. Remember, you're not going to be the director forever, right? You're probably not going to be a director for 28 years. We know that happens. We know there are programs that have had the same director for, for decades, literally. And then they got to bring somebody new on. And so you may not have that same retirement plan. And Karen and I just were talking about that, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, because um, we are that old. And <laughs> we like y'all, but, um, um, and we've been around for 20 years, but I'll be honest, I don't think we're going to see you the next 20. Um, but we have people who we personally have started to think through um, who might. Um, so we would, you know, we have people who we would love to be able to see you in 20 years. Um, chances are we won't be listening to this in this format. Um, who knows? You might have a pair of glasses on. We could do some so, some whole Jetsons projecting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So perhaps maybe I need to turn this back over to Carrie. No, I mean, I think that is definitely part of it is that telling your staff that I trust that you can handle most things for 15 minutes or for 30 minutes, especially if they're new staff, like if this is their first job in early childhood, or maybe they've had jobs in early childhood, but now they're the lead teacher and they've been checking in with you and go, okay, can you look over my lesson plan? Because I'm a little concerned that I don't have enough fine motor activities. And then they're calling you to say, Hey, can you come check my, can you come spend a little time in the classroom? Cause I'm concerned that maybe Josiah has, um, I don't know. I think maybe he's an FLK. I think he might be a funny looking kid. There might be something going on developmentally. And you're like, yeah, Josiah's parents are out of, mom is out of town for two weeks. That's why Josiah is acting a little differently. <gasps> I completely forgot about that. You're right. You know, if you've got a, a person who is new into their position or new into the program, who is constantly touching base with you, uh, kind of like a toddler learning to walk, how they walk away from their caregiver and then they scooch back to try to sit back in your lap. Um, you have that with your staff too. Some that are like, I constantly need to be within three feet of somebody who can answer a question. Or I need to be within, you know, I need to talk to somebody who's been around longer every 15 minutes, <laughs> letting them know that you have the confidence that they can handle it while you're handling payroll and that you'll check in with them after you're done with payroll or, you know, whatever the thing is that you're needing the tiger time for. But the other part of tiger time that we haven't really talked about very much is something that is very much a you kind of a thing, Kate, which is the taking time in your schedule to do future pacing and future planning and, you know, just taking time to be in the quiet. <laughs> You're much better at being in quiet than I am. <laughs> <laughs> so when we talk about being in quiet, we're not talking about being on Facebook. We're not talking about being an email. <laughs> we're not talking about picking a good book or, uh, you know, I'm not going to say we're not talking about taking a nap because there are going to be times when perhaps maybe that's exactly what you need. Um, and maybe you need three little tigers out there all at once. Cause you're like, yeah, I'm just, it's one of those days. I just need three tigers. Um, but 
you definitely need to make sure that you give yourself those larger blocks of time once every couple of weeks, once a month, annually and quarterly. So when we start talking about those kinds of tiger times, again, those are things that you're probably going to discuss with your staff and look at your the flow of how weeks generally go. We all know that there are days of the weeks where you would never, ever, ever try to schedule a three or four hour block of tiger time. Um, and times of the year, right? Like never on a Monday, never on a Friday, never in August, (laughs) (laughs) probably not in, um, at least early December. And, um, you know, there's definitely some days in the spring and in June, right? So pay attention to holidays, know when all your, uh, when everything is happening, but it's also great to get it on the schedule. Now, there's a couple of ways to do these bigger blocks of tiger time as well. You can also combine them with uh, staff work time. Maybe your staff are working in their classrooms. If they're working in their classrooms and they're going to be there for six hours, um, my suggestion, first of all, would be like, you maybe not try to do four hours at once if you've never been a four hour at once kind of person. Um, So if your staff are there for six to eight hours, getting their classrooms ready, then let them all know, you know, give them their own version of post-it notes and clipboards and things that they can make lists and notes on and you know, give yourself a mailbox, give them an opportunity to give you the information It doesn't, and you're in the building. But this keeps you accountable to yourself because there are some of us out there and, and I've definitely have had my times with this where I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I get in and I start to get distracted. And it's not really ADD and it's not really squirreling. It's that whole, oh, I want to go clean this up. Oh, I see some dust, right? So it's more stall tactics um, because you might not really be ready. So there is that time where you've given yourself a block of time and your head's not there. So give yourself that break and know, A, it's okay to go dust that shelf if you need to. There are some of us, and I am definitely one of those people that I will give myself a two to three hour block for something. And it may take me two hours to figure out what I'm going to write. Then I sit down and I get it done in 30 minutes. Now, it still took me three hours to do it. But that's just how my brain works. Because I also know people who take notes, who write drafts, who write drafts again, who write drafts a fourth time, um, who just brainstorm. You know, I think anybody who reads our newsletter is aware that we do not do multiple drafts a lot of times. (laughs) You know, we will have the wrong word in something in our newsletter. We will, I will have put too many O's in the word too, or used, you know, some other thing oddly. You did the same thing. Um, so I've had at least one newsletter that I can remember in the past six months that went out with one of those insert whatever here, <laughs> still in the template that I sent out. I think um, the whole year you had like some address in the middle of nowhere. Like it was like anywhere USA or something at the bottom of the newsletter template. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, so just because it's a two hour block doesn't mean necessarily that the thing itself takes two hours, but it's going to take two hours to get yourself into the groove to do that. And sometimes that's calling parents to do an exit interview. You know, the actual phone call of the exit interview is going to take you maybe 10, 15 minutes, but you're going to block 45 (laughs) because you have to get in the right mental headspace 
to talk to a parent who has left your center because you need to get the information from them about what they liked about what your center and what they didn't like. Because if you don't have the information, you can't make it better. And you can't give the teacher the reassurance that it wasn't about you. It was that they changed jobs and now, you know, the place where they're working has an on-site childcare center. Or it's the other direction or, yeah. Yeah, all those kinds of things. So doing the exit interview is never high on your priority list, right? (laughs) Except that you need the information. Um, And so we've talked mostly about tiger time that's just you in the room. But we've also got the tiger time when there's someone else in the room. Because the assistant director and the director are planning the big spring festival. That's tiger time too. It's just not solo tiger time. That's still tiger time. That cannot be interrupted. You are trying to create this big fundraising event. (laughs) If the staff would like new nap mats, they need to leave you alone. (laughs) Or whatever it is, right? Right. And we talked briefly about calling parents, but then there is parents coming in. And, you know, although we would love to think that we've always planned out tiger time and that tiger time is when it's convenient to us, there are definitely going to be times in your program when this is an emergency tiger time and you're just putting the door, you know, the tiger on the door or whatever, because There are going to be situations, whether we like it or not, with both parents and staff that require immediate intervention or they like maybe it's a parent you haven't seen face to face in weeks and maybe they're three weeks behind and it wasn't a conversation. You couldn't get them on the phone. All of a sudden they show up. Well, guess what? That's tiger time. They're coming and having a chat with you in the office. You know, you need to find out why has the credit card failed and, you know, did they know the credit card failed? Because sometimes I, I mean, I am definitely a person who has had credit cards expire and I was unaware that that was one of the things in my mail that I haven't dealt with this week. Because it just looks like junk mail. And I'm one of those people who let leave like, you know, multiple voicemails to be heard. Um, so that, so I'm going to bring that back to something that I know we've talked about before, whenever you're communicating with parents, uh, staff vendors, whatever, uh, make sure you try to communicate with them in multiple ways. Don't assume um, that everybody reads their email. Don't assume everybody opens their mail and don't assume everybody is going to, you know, check a text. So make sure you've communicated with them multiple ways. If you're not really sure why you're not hearing back, make sure you've tried all three and at different times um, of the day. Um, otherwise, maybe you, you, you need to <laughs> perhaps let them, them something certified. I mean, there's other things. So if you don't, if you have an instance and you're not really sure, give us a call, ask us, you know, uh, email Kate or Carrie at texasdirector.org. We'd love to help you brainstorm it. Uh, we'd love to share it on a future podcast if you were okay with that. Um, you know, as you can tell, like most of the topics that we talk about, Carrie and I could sit here all day. 
But right now, I kind of feel like we've got to figure out how to keep this tiger in the zoo um, because we are really trying to pet it. And it is um, definitely a wild animal at the moment. So we are going to try to put it in a cage <laughs> and hopefully keep it somewhat contained. And hopefully you guys got a little bit out of today's episode. And we look forward to hearing from you in the future. Look for new changes about the podcast in a future episode. Kate and I are busily working behind the scenes and uh, you never know what's going to happen next. Thank you for listening to Colorful Clipboards. Connect with us on social media at Colorful Clipboard or send us an email to hello at Colorful Clipboards. Send us your voicemail with your own questions and stories. If you want to keep learning with us, visit Texas Director where we continue to have seminars, licensing, programs, and more. This show has been made by me, Carrie Casey, and Kate Young with assistance from Hallie Casey and Marie Young. If you learned something today, share the show.